On this episode of the Wounded Warriors in Action podcast, WWIA founder and CEO John McDaniel is on location in the Northwoods at Camp Hackett as he begins the quest of a lifelong dream of filling an otter tag. John discusses the unique opportunity, challenges, and process of trapping, and the lifestyle habits of otter, while also delving into the various wildlife and habitat found throughout the wilderness of Camp Hackett. Let's join John now. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good day. My name is John McDaniel. I am the host of the Wounded Warriors in Action, the WIA podcast, Honor, Connect, and Heal. And today, uh, I want to talk about I'm going to talk about trapping otter. I know that's kind of a, a an obscure, a different topic for most folks, but hey, I I wanted to. Um, chat a little bit about that because I, I, uh, I'm fascinated by it. And I came all the way up here to northern Wisconsin, Camp Hackett, um, southeast of the town of Phillips, where the foundation, foundation has a chunk of property, property that, uh, that, that I used to own. And it's, uh, it's 410 acres of wild and remote property. And it is in, nestled in the north woods of Wisconsin. And it's way, way, way up there. And and just so you know, I'm looking. It, it's March, okay. It's it's end of March, 2022, and I'm looking outside right now, and and it's snowing, you know. And it's been snowing for four days at the end of March. The temperatures out there right now are in the low 20s. Tonight they'll dip down into the teens. Uh, tomorrow, which is uh, Sunday, I'm told it's gonna you know get back up to 30. So. Uh, this is a very unforgiving place, um, and and so it, it's one of the few, you know, bastions of of remote wildness, wilderness, uh, left uh, in the country today. This is uh, this is not for the weak nor faint of heart up here. Um, the summer times are are hot um, and beautiful, of course. Um, and, but there's, you know, you're always fighting the elements up here and that's, that's why I love it. You know, this is just a, it's an amazing place. And, and, um, yeah, so anything that's out there in the woods is, is tough. Okay. <laughs> you know, if you can survive out there, <laughs> you're tough. And, uh, you know, I, I am going to talk a little bit, um, about, about wolves. Okay. Um, but let me set the scene, you know, otters and wolves and other fur bears is I think what we're going to chat about mostly, but this is my rookie season, um, for, uh, for pursuing otter, for trapping otter. And I'm allowed one otter. I am a Wisconsin registered trapper. I, I took my, my trapping course back in 07. So this is my 15th year. I did a little trapping as a, you know, as a, as a boy growing up, but never, you know, serious trapping like, like I've been doing for 15 years. I say serious trapping. I mean, if I lived up here, I would do it all winter and all spring, um, because I love it, but, but I do take it very seriously. So, um, I, I am, I am, you know, consider myself, um, a good a good trapper but you know i mean what what i know pales in comparison to what i don't know like most disciplines i suppose but i take it very very seriously everything from my truck the, the you know the traps i say the truck you know the the all of the uh, you know the traps and the accoutrements different types of traps and and how to prepare them and and uh, all the tools that you need i mean i take that very very seriously so i am i am trying to do this as as well as it can be done. Um, and a lot of this is tradecraft, believe it or not. You know, trappers who, you know, go out there for, uh, you know, for the majority of their life as trappers, you know, 99% of that is done solo. You know, so it's a very solitary um, um, endeavor, if you will. So, and I don't like that. You know, I like being out there by myself. Um, with the, you know, an element of, of, you know, I suppose there is some, you know, danger and some risk, although it's, it's not high, um, not like going into combat or anything like that. But, um, anyway, it's, uh, to me, it's, it's fascinating. I love it. And, and I'm going to talk about that because, you know, hopefully there'll be other people who listen to this and go, you know, I think I'm going to try that. But anyway, um, 
I got lots to talk about here. Um, you know, the, the, the first thing, you know, I will say is, like with most complicated endeavors, you say, you know, it's complicated. It is complicated. Uh, this trapping is complicated, and, and it's meticulous if you do it right. And, uh, you know, playing the scent game, if you will. I mean, these critters, they live out there. They, they you know, and um, they are very, very much in tune, as you would expect them to be, with their environment. You know, change in their environment. You know, different set, sense, different, you know, um, perspectives, things that, that, that change, things that don't look right. You know, the whole game out there is basically survival and procreation <laughs> you know uh, they, they need to eat and they need to not get eaten and um and i'll just tell you you know here here this camp here camp hackett this is what we call it you know camp hackett is uh, 370 contiguous acres back there that's a half a section and um it's it's a it's a it's a wonderful piece of property it's it's mostly forested it's a combination of forest and low-lying um, swampy areas, okay? And um, there is a, 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 a water system that goes through it. It's a tributary. It's an unnamed tributary of the Jump River. Uh, and, and trust me, that, that, that dude is flowing now, even though, you know, we've got, uh, you know, we're still in the, in the clutches of winter here, but it's, it's the last part of winter. When I got up here, I've been up here for eight days now, um, it was it was in the 40s for several days, and and things melted rapidly, and and that river back there, the tributary, broke up, and um, and the, at first there was just a few pockets of of open water, and then as the days progressed with you know 40 degree temperatures and even you know 30 degree temperatures, the the the, the tributary back there broke up, so there's lots of ice flows, and and the water began to move and. Um, things are actually underneath the, the snow and the ice are actually turning green. Can you believe that? Turning green. <laughs> it's, there, there's still two feet of snow out there, and underneath it, things are starting to grow. I just got to love it. And the, the growing season up here is very, very short. But anyway, so um, I just kind of you know explain predation for a second. It doesn't have much to do with otters because I guess you know otters um, are predators, of course. But you know they're 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 mostly after fish, and uh, they they will eat animals, small animals. You know if they're hungry and they can catch a mouse, as an example, they would they would certainly eat that. But they prefer fish, and and mussels, and you know crustaceans, things like this that they can find and forage and eat. And their their metabolism is very very high, and uh, they have these they call them you know otter latrines, you know like a toilet, same thing. Military calls the, the, the toilet the latrine, and, and, and otters have latrines, believe it or not. But because their, their metabolism is so high, that they're passing what they eat within an hour. So if they're in a little tributary, say, over back here uh, on the property, and I, I've, I've found a couple of otter latrines, and I, you know, I'll talk about that in a minute. But um, you can see their scat, and, and you know, they'll, they'll go down into the river, find a clam or a fish, eat it, and then, you know, stay there for a couple of hours as long as the hunting is good and eat until they're full. But then they'll, you know, they'll, they'll have to use the, you know, latrine. So, you, you know, right there, um, you know, within an hour, they're digesting and then passing, um, you know, whatever their body doesn't need. And so they create these little, you know, latrines. Very uh, uh, a good thing to know if you're a trapper, you know, because you can say, ah, that's that sign when we say the word you know, sign, that's what that is. Tracks um, in the snow are signed, you know, and they've got five, they've got five little toes, okay? And, and you've probably seen them on TV with, a, you know, sliding in the snow and frolicking on their back, eating a clam or something like that. They're fascinating little critters. And their pelts are very valuable. Now, I don't sell anything, any of my pelts. I have them all tanned. I put them in the lodge um, or in my home, um, and I just admire the pelts. Um, and I, I don't have any otter pelts. I, you know, this is the first time in 15 years that I was, you know, fortunate enough to get an otter tag. So, um, you know, to me, this is my rookie season in, in pursuing otter. So I've never really had the, the cause um, to, to learn about them and, and target them specifically as a species. But I do now. 
because I got another tax. So I'm super excited about that. But I'll, I'll tell you, you know, as a property owner back here, um, you know, I've spent 15, uh, 16 years now improving the habitat back there for all critters. You know, I've poured my heart and soul, and so have many others, um, into creating a wildlife paradise. You know, so you have to give back. And, and I will tell you that, that we and, and, and me, and, you know, specifically, lots of people have given a lot to this land. We have given way, way, way more than we've taken. We've never had a hero up here in 15 years of hunting and fishing with heroes in the north woods of Wisconsin here on this property. Now, we archery hunt for, for white-tailed deer, and, and we rough hunt for rough grouse. And, um, you know, we also do some, some duck and, and geese hunting, and then we fish for muskie. That's our, our deal up here. But in that 15 years, 16 years, no heroes ever harvested a buck. Okay, nobody's ever shot a deer up here. Now, that, that ought to, you, you ought to be raising your eyebrow like, huh? Yeah, that's true. Now, it's archery hunting, so it's, you know, it's a little more challenging. But, um, you know, there are other properties in Wisconsin where the foundation is, and the guys are, are, are having way more opportunities, you know, to, to harvest and, and, and kill a whitetail buck. Uh, than we are here. And you go, well, why is that? This is the original mission. You've been doing this longer than anywhere. Why, why, why aren't the heroes killing, you know, monster whitetails on your, on your property? And the answer is, quite frankly, um, it, you know, the carrying capacity of this particular, of, of the Northwoods of Wisconsin for white-tailed deer or any species other than the wolves, and I'll get to them again, the Northwoods Taliban, as I like to call them, um, you know, uh, I'll, I'll get to that. But, um, you know, the, the, the reality is the carrying capacity, there's not a lot of food and nutrition up here in these Northwoods. It's not like down below and, you know, in, in, in the, you know, farmlands and the dairy lands where you've got, um, you know, a, a ton of food for these, you know, the animals can eat soybeans and, and, and alfalfa and, and of course corn and so, um, you know, down below, if you will, uh, south of Wausau, about two hours south of here, it's agricultural land. And I think Wisconsin harvests more deer than any other state in the, in, you know, in the, in, in the nation. It's, it's an absolute ton. Of, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands, but, you know, two, three hundred thousand deer are harvested annually in a very short season up here in Wisconsin. But yet, in 15 years, no heroes ever killed a buck at, at Camp Hackett. And there's a reason for that. And and mostly the reason is, I'm just going to give you a newsflash here, the, the reason very specifically that that's not happened um, is because of the wolves. Uh, and that's my opinion. I know this property better than anybody. I've spent way more time on it than anybody in, in the last 16 years. And there's wolf sign every time you go out there. And, and, uh, they run, you know, they run Thunderdome. Okay. <laughs> that is an apex predator with no, with no pure competitors. Okay. The bears eat a lot of, of, um, deer, mo mostly the fawns, you know, the, those bear, as soon as the does, um, you know, give the, the, their fawns in the springtime, those, those bear have got a nose for that and, and they eat a lot of fawns, but the wolves eat anything. And, and, uh, you know, if you were out there post holing in two feet of snow, um, these wolves are just going to run you down cause they're, they're, they don't weigh as much. They, they're able to walk right on top of the snow for the most part. And, um, when it's hard and crusty and, and if you were a deer and you were out there, you're just ringing the dinner bell. As a matter of fact, I've been out there for eight days every day, all day long, okay, <laughs> other than sitting in this Airstream, uh, you know, trying to stay warm or in the bunkhouse, uh, you know, cooking a meal and prepping my gear and sleeping, um, I am in the woods. And and so um, I thought I'd take this morning here and, and, and um, record my adventures and talk about otter, otter trapping um, and otters in particular. But anyway, the wolves, and I'll get back to otters. I had to talk about the wolves. You know, at the end of the day, um, you know, wolves have been delisted, then relisted, and, you know, and the feds are involved, and, 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 and judges in California are involved, and 
I don't know what a judge in California, you know, what he knows about what's going on out here. I think he knows nothing or she knows nothing about what's going on in the Northwoods. You want to know what's going on in the Northwoods? Go to the Northwoods, you know, and, and I'll, I'll tell you what's going on. What's going on is that the wolves are running rampant, okay, and the, the DNR established a target back in the 1980s. I know I was here, okay, I was hunting in the Northwoods. In the nineteen in the late nineteen seventies and the early eighties, when I was in high school, I was up here with my dad hunting, and I remember um, the DNR announcing that the gray wolf was going to be reintroduced into Wisconsin, and I thought, oh, how cool is that? Now, mind you, I think wolves are super cool, and I'm happy they're here, super happy they're here. My issue is that there's no counterbalance. There hasn't been any counter counterbalance since nineteen eighty when they reintroduced them. All right. Nobody. They've had like one season or two seasons here in the last. Um, I, I you know I don't know. Uh, well, ever since then, I think they've had two, maybe three seasons that were open for four days, and then they got closed down because they met their quota. How do you meet a you know a quota of three hundred and fifty wolves, or whatever the quota was set at, uh, in two days? That ought to, or three days. It ought to tell you something. You know, there's too many of them. Right now, they estimate the population at being, I don't even know, I don't want to say, but it's, you know, it's something, you know, way above 350. And it's way short of what I, you know, I think the population is. But nonetheless, um, it's probably, you know, three to 4,000 wolves, you know, and that's crazy, you know, they're, and, and they're eating machines. And then they have, you know, litters, and those litters have litters, and their litters have litters. And the next thing you know, I mean, then they've got to eat. And what do you think they eat? They eat anything they can get their hands on. And so, you know, I will tell you, you know, eight days, there's wolf tracks back there. You know, I've seen four different sets of wolf tracks. Um, I think my presence back there disrupts their, their, their normal, um, you know, rhythm, if you will. Um, and there are no deer back here, and it's mostly because they'll get eaten right now, especially with the snow. And um, now down below, even just, it's 30 minutes to get into town from here, all right? And and I've been into town a couple of times in the evening uh, to, to uh, um, you know, do some chores, laundry sort of thing. And, um, and I saw more deer in the fields down there. Now that's ag down there. It's just 30 minutes away, but there's farmland down there and there's some cut cornfields from last year. And I saw, oh, I counted over 300 deer and they're all down there. And it's encouraging, you know, they're, they're 30 minutes away and there's, there's lots of deer down there, but there's zero sign, zero, none out here right now. And it's because of the wolves. Because if you come out here and you're a deer, you're going to get eaten. And, and that's the bottom line. And, and I'm just saying as an advocate, as a sportsman, you, know, you ought to be able to buy a wolf tag over the counter in Wisconsin. All right. Now, the DNR, if you're in the DNR, you ought to listen to this. Okay, here's my idea. Check it out. All right. So people think, oh, you know, the wolves are so pretty. They are pretty and they have a place up here. All right. They really do. Okay. But they need to have a counterbalance. And that counterbalance is called M-A-N. It's man. Right, man's the counterbalance to wolves. And um, if the DNR were smart, they would sell tags over the counter, and everybody and their brother would buy a wolf tag. Okay, and nobody would shoot a wolf. <laughs> Maybe not nobody, but a few people probably would. But I've been—I can't even tell you how many hundreds of thousands of hours I got in these wolves woods. And you know how many times I've seen wolves like face to face. Oh, look, there's a wolf. Three times, okay, in my entire life of hunting up here because they're tricky, they're smart, and they don't mostly come out at night. I mean, they most, mostly come out at night, you know. They're not going to just walk out in the middle of a food plot, you know, and, and mosey around. You know, they're just, they're, they're very coy. They're cunning, you know, um, and they're eating machines. But if you issued tags over the counter, everybody and their brother would buy them, okay, and the DNR would raise a ton of money. And very few wolves would be shot. The only way you're going to get these wolves is by trapping them. And you got to be smart. That's how they do it in British Columbia. That's how they do it in Montana. In all these places where, you know, wolves have uh, man as a counterbalance, the, the woods are in harmony. They're in disharmony out here because the, the Northwoods Taliban's run around rampant. All right, I'm done on wolves. That's how you fix the problem. You, you allow hunters to, to buy an over-the-counter tag. Everybody buys one and nobody shoots one and you make a ton of money. Well, they'll shoot a few. 
But that you got to let guys like me go out there and trap them. That's what you got to do. Okay? One one tag a year. That's what a guy ought to be able to get. Apply for, or not apply for, but receive over the counter. Okay? Let me take a drink of coffee. Okay, so back to my otter. So these little guys, right? So I think the last thing I said, they have like five toes. They slide around, run around. They eat. They have little latrines. They love the waterways. And they'll go cross country. And their range is anywhere from 20 to 60 miles. Like that's, that's a lot. Think about that. And so um, I saw, I've seen several fresh sets of sign out there where they were, you know, that's, yep, that's an otter. Look, there's the five toes. Look, uh, there's the tail dragon in the snow. And, oh, look, there's a latrine. Check it out. Wow. So I found that back there. In eight days, I've, I've found ample signs. So that's good news. But I was worried about, you know, molesting the area when I go get back in there. And, and um, you know, there's thinking that, I'm going, I have to, to get back there, I have to, you know, cross this guy's track, and I didn't want to do that. I thought, well, if I cross his track and he comes back the same way, he's going to see my tracks, and that's going to spook him, you know, this kind of thing. Well, the reality is that they haven't doubled back on their own tracks. See, they they, they have obviously this these these territories that they're going out, places that they know where they can find food. And, um, you know, they're just out there ranging, doing that. And But they do have families. Okay? And um, typically this time of year, what happens is the male and the female mate, okay, and then um, in their den or wherever they do that. <laughs> uh, and then uh, after that's occurred, the, the male typically takes off and he goes out looking for other females to do the same thing. And this time of year, he, his range is anywhere from, you know, 20 to 60 miles. And he's, uh, you know, obviously out there foraging for food, but he's also looking for other partners, you know, other female otters. And, um, and then I guess uh, after he gets done doing his thing, he goes back to the tent. And I jokingly said the other day about that is that apparently she's fine with that. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, anyway, um, so that's the life of an otter for the most part. And their pelts are very valuable. Actually, trapping has a huge part in American history, you know, in the, the expansion westward and commerce and all of this. I mean, I think you could make a pretty strong argument that the trappers, you know, were a, you know, a keystone uh, uh, part, if you will, or, or, or as an entity, a keystone entity in the establishment uh, and expansion of our country. That's it's a fact. You know, and uh, the, the fur trade with the, the French, the Indians, um, you know, the Europeans, etc. I mean, the beaver, the otter, uh, the muskrat, you know, the, 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 the deer hides, you know, the Wisconsin whitetail uh, or whitetails in general. You know, that, that uh, their, their hides are, are value. That's where the word buck comes from. A hide used to be worth a buck, a dollar, you know, a dollar a deer hide, you know. Now it's about seven. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, so that's that's what they do, they, they these otters. They, and um and for years uh, there was no you couldn't you couldn't you couldn't harvest them. You had to apply for a tag and, and I you know applied every year and finally fifteen years down the road I got an otter tag. So I came up here to literally dedicate and immerse myself into learning about uh and, and, and trying to trap an otter. And it's day eight I've got two days left in my trap line before I got to go back to Florida, but uh, I haven't, I haven't successfully trapped an otter. I'm dying to go out there uh, today. I'm going to wait, you know, till this afternoon to do that. But and check my trap line. You got to check your trap line every day, okay? And I've got uh, working out there right now. I've got five traps in two different sets, locations. And uh, I changed things up last night, so I'm super excited about going out there. But then, of course, the temperature dropped. And, um, you know, now it's, uh, I'm sure that my sets that are, um, you know, they're all in the water, okay? Some of them are probably frozen solid. Uh, I've probably got one or two sets that are still viable, given how cold it got overnight. But that's the thing, is I've been up here for eight days, battling the elements, going back there every day. I got... 
holes in my waders. You know, I've been through, you know, I've got two sets of waders. One's no longer any good because I, you know, I got punched holes in it out there. And, um, you know, so I'm, I'm out there waiting in the, in the tributaries and the creeks and the ponds. I'm staying off the beaver ponds. They're pretty dangerous. I don't up here by myself, you know, I fall through a beaver pond. That would be a bad thing. But, um, yeah, so I'm being careful and, and, and looking for signing, setting up where there is sign. And, um, and it's just fascinating to me, you know, I mean, this, the, the, you know, the art and science of, um, you know, of, of, of outsmarting one of these critters and, 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 you know, the, the actual, you know, the actual physical possession of, of one is something, you know, that I would really enjoy, you know, I mean, respect it more than I can say, you know, so uh, like I was saying to, to open the podcast, you know, I have given so much to this land up here and to take one otter in 16 years. I mean, I think that's, um, yeah, I think it's overdue. But it's it's I respect it so much. I'm I'm proud to be out there doing it and and doing it you know solo. It's important for me to do it solo. Um, I I have my whole life have have done self you know sort of self appointed apprenticeships. You know I do a lot of reading. I do a lot of listening um, and learning, and then I go out and I do it myself. And in this case, I that's what I'm doing. It's my rookie season for otter. I'm eight days into it, and I don't have one. You know, I think I'm getting close, and I'm really hopeful that tonight when I set, check my sets that I'm going to have one. But even if I don't, if I have to leave in two days and roll out of here, which I do, get back to my family, my two little beautiful boys in Florida, um, you, know, when I, when I, you know, when I get back there, if I don't have an otter, if I didn't get one, I'm not going to be upset. I mean, I'm just so happy to be up here and have this opportunity, and I mean, I mean that. I would. There's nothing I would rather do than this right now, you know. And and that's the thing. I think you've got to find in your life the things that you're passionate about and pursue them. So few people do that. And you, you know, and you might say, "Well, I don't have the time." You know, there's a thousand excuses, but I made the time to come up here and do this. You know, and and it's not without sacrifice, of course, but. This is one of the few times where it's like John time, okay? I, I'm up here, and for all those that are like, well, why didn't you call me? I didn't know you were coming up here. You know, I, I love you all, okay? But this is for me. I had to do this alone. I had to concentrate 110% of my energy on it, and that's what I do, and I love it. And I was thinking the other day, why? Why do you love this so much? Why, why does this, you know, why does this really trip your trigger, man? What's going on? And I thought about it. Like I'm meticulous at, 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 at what I, most of the things that I'm into, you know, um, have a meticulous component to it and trapping is meticulous. And, um, you know, the scent game is meticulous, how your traps are prepared, how they're maintained, how they're set, you know, all of that is meticulous. So you've got to be very You've got to understand your equipment, its strengths, its weaknesses, you know, how to how to use it and employ it properly. And, you know, hey, I was an infantry officer, an airborne ranger for 20 years, you know. And um, this to me, and then before that, you know, an, an athlete all the way, you know, through, you know, and up into college, you know, a competitive athlete. And, uh, you know, a hockey player as an example. And here I am getting all my gear ready to go and it's just you know yesterday and i was sitting there strapping it on thinking you know this is a lot like a lot like i'm getting ready to get out on the ice you know i got that same sense of excitement that same sense of you know focus and that's what i i absolutely love you know is to be on a mission and and to be up here by myself of course you know there's you know there 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 might be an element of danger to this it's not much it's it's fairly low risk it's it's a little more risky than sitting on the couch eating potato chips. I can tell you that. But you know, I'm I'm packing a piece back there, and um, I normally don't, but uh, I I I am now. And you know, it's like being Jeremiah Johnson. You know, I'm the only one out there. I'm not going to see anybody. I haven't seen anybody in those woods for eight days. Not a soul. I haven't heard anybody. I haven't seen anybody. Um, you know, I go out there and I stay out there all day from almost sun up. You know, I let the sun come up, you know, shake out my head, you have some coffee, and then I go out there and I'm back 
just before or as the sun's setting and it's a long day but i love it you know and um and to me you know that sense of adventure you know understanding your environment uh, you know in this case learning about doing something you know with your hands and your mind and you look at this situation and it's problem solving like where okay i see a sign i see what he's doing here okay there's a there's a river you know, obviously he's going into that. He's coming out here. He's going to, there's a hole in the ice. He's coming out of the, you know. So, you know, you've got to solve this thing and set up on him. And, and there's lots of methods, okay, to do that. But you got to, to, to do that well, you know, requires a skill set. And uh, trappers um, don't typically give up their secrets. You know, there's books out there you can read. And, and you know, the guys are, 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 are talking about what they're doing. And you can learn from that. But you, there's nothing like going out there and doing it. Like last night, I mean, everything so far in eight days has been great. But I'll give you an example. All right. Last night, I'm out there. And it's getting late. And I'm in, I'm in the water. I'm up to my, you know, crotch and, 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 and moving water. It's cold. All right. I've been through three sets of gloves. My hands could be clubs. You know, and, uh, and oh, by the way, you know, uh, a year ago I had my, my hip replaced. Okay. So, you know, I, it's back. It's probably, you know, 95%. Um, but, you know, there's lots of things going on. I'm a beat up old soldier, you know, I'm out there in the, 57 years old out there in this, in the waterways, uh, you know, in the back country in Northern Wisconsin out there chasing otters, you know, I love it. And uh, so I got my Argo with all my truck in it and I'm, setting these traps right and it's been a great day and the first set that i worked on for a couple hours a new set was super pleased with how that worked and one was underwater was a conibear a body gripper and i i set up you know and 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 was really satisfied with with how that set looked and and um you know was in a new spot that i hadn't trapped before where i found fresh science so i was really pleased with that and then that getting back in there and doing that was about a half a day believe it or not prepping for that and and um i won't go into a lot of those details but that, that's what i did and then i went to the set another set where i had established a couple of um um more traps and and the ice flows had disrupted the the trap sets and and it just was it, you know it wasn't there was no sign there was eight days ago but there there hasn't been sign in this one spot um we call the muscle shell there was no sign has not been sign uh but now the the the, the tributaries open completely uh, the water's a lot higher that affects things the ice flows affect things and my traps had been you know disrupted molested by you know the conditions and they had to be attended to so i changed up the set i spent the other the, the other half of the day you know sorting out what i was going to do with how the, the conditions had changed and here's the other thing guess what conditions change all the time you know i don't care what you're doing whether it's the weather the you know the environment um you know business you, you know conditions the conditions change and if you're not adapting to the conditions, then you're not going to be successful. All right. And so, you know, I, I was like this, these sets are no good anymore. So I'm having to adjust them, which is what I've been doing every day, because this time of year, things are changing rapidly. Snow is melting, ice is flowing, um, you know, and then it like again, in the last three days, it's been snowing and got cold again. So things are, are, are continually in a state of, of, of change and flux. And so, uh, anyway, I'm out there and, um, the first two sets go good. And then the, the third trap I'm setting, I just, and, and this is a big trap. You get your finger caught in this guy. Um, you know, this is a bridger number five, you know, it's, it, it could be used for a wolf. It's that kind of trap. It's a four coiler. It's, it's very strong. If you got your finger caught in that trap, you probably would, you know, if it was your tip of your finger, you might, you might, you might lose it, uh, you know, seriously. I mean, I, I think you would probably have to go, I don't know if you'd have to go to the hospital, probably, maybe, depending on how bad you got, you know, if it got you deep in the knuckle or something like that, you might be all right. But if it got your fingertip, sorry about your bad luck, dude, your finger's going to look different the rest of your life. It's a serious trap. And um, anyway, 
I can't get this thing set. You know, it's snowing. It's, you know, uh, um, my hands are like clubs. They're cold. And I'm just screwing it up left and right. Honest to God, you know, I'm just getting pissed off at myself for screwing this up. And it's late in the day and I've been at it and everything's gone perfect. But at the end, I'm like fumbling the football. And I, and I finally, like, but I'm tenacious, man. I mean, I got no quit in me. I don't think anyway. I'm like, hey, you need to ranger through this. Suck it up, buttercup. You know, and get this last trap set because this is what was in your mind all day long. And this is what it's got to look like. And I'm screwing it up, you know, left and right. You know, everything I'm doing is just, and, and it's dangerous. And I almost get snapped like three times trying to set this trap. And I can't figure it out. And, I, and, and I'm tired and I look down and I go, dude, I said to myself, dude, you need to stop what you're doing, okay? You need to pull this trap and you need to get out of here, okay? Because you're just going to get hurt right now. Stop. So, you know, that's what I did. I pulled the trap, collected my kit, got in the Argo and came back to camp and, and um, you know, and, 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 and had a, a, a bowl of yogurt and fruit and, fl- you know, flushed out my headgear and, and thought about it. And, you know, that's the thing. I was, I was upset with myself, you know, for not accomplishing exactly what I wanted to. But at the end of the day, this is, this is, the, this is a, here's a life lesson for you, okay? You know, um, it, you know, don't always focus on what's wrong. Focus, try to focus on what's right. Right. Think about that for a second. Focus on what's right, not just what's wrong. Because if I ended that day focusing on what went wrong there, you know, I did get, I talk a lot about getting down to the five yard line and, and fumbling, you know, or not fumbling. You know, I say, talk to my team about that all the time. He says, you just spent all this time driving down this field, you know, to get on the five yard line, to get to the end, you know, get to the goal line and fumble the football. Let's not do that. Okay, let's apply, let's have enough energy and combat power and, and, and wits about ourselves and resource at the five yard line to cross the goal line and, and put some points up on the board. Let's not fumble and do something stupid now that we got down here, right? Which a lot of teams do. It does happen. So here I am at the five yard line last night as the sun is going down and failing light and I'm screwing it up left and right, but I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to stop. You know, I got to check myself, dude, you're going to fumble. You're going to put your finger in this trap and then you're going to really sorry. Okay. So I stopped what I was doing. I didn't complete exactly what I wanted. I got back here and I was like kind of upset with myself. And I was like, dude, look at how glorious that day was. All right. Think about that. You got all your traps set. It's perfect. You know, you didn't get one trap set, shake it off. And you got to get out of it just like that. Okay. You got to get out of it. Whatever's bringing you down, you got to get out of it. So, you know, I went to bed last night thinking, you know, that was a great day. And I thought about every single trap I set and, and, you know, what might be happening today out there or at night, you know. And so it's it's all good. Don't get hung up, you know, on the little things. You know, if it doesn't go your way, regroup and then go back at it. And that's what I'm going to do this morning. I'm going to go examine that trap. I actually know what was going on because I, I, I looked at it a little bit last night and I'm like, aha, you know, my, um, you know, the travel on my trap for you trappers out there was, was incorrect. And there's lots of things going on there. Then the, the, uh, um, the dog was a, a little loose, needs to be tightened. And, and it was all my fault. See, that's the other thing, you know, it was all my fault. You know, I had not properly prep that trap you know in other words tried to set it make sure that the travel is right make sure that the you know everything is perfect on that trap i had dyed it i had i had i had done uh, many of the right things but what i had failed to do is actually set that trap and and see how it you know how the trigger is on it so it's my fault you know uh, like most things you know i mean you can you know you, you can circle back you can need to accept the responsibility for things that you do and things that you fail to do a lot of people don't do that you know but um i i think you should be you know honest with yourself you know you don't have to beat yourself about the head and neck but that was my fault, you know, and, and uh, I'm going to fix that this morning. And guess what? I'm going back tonight, and that trap's going to go in, and it's going to not take me all day. It's going to take me about 15, 20 minutes because I know exactly what I'm going to do. I know where it, it's going to get set. I've already prepped the site, and the trap's going to be right as rain, and it's all going to be happy and good, all right? 
hopefully the first trap I or first set I, I checked's got an otter in it, and then I can pull all my traps and get ready to get out of here. But that's that's might be wishful thinking. I don't know. But anyway, so that's you know otter otter trapping, you know, and uh, I just I just wanted to uh, you know mention some of these things. Um, you know, because it's, 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 you know, there's a lot of life lessons out there in the woods, you know, and, and our mission, honor, connect and heal. You know, you go, what does this have to do? What are you doing up there, man? What does this have to do with our, our wounded combat, wounded veterans? Well, in this case, you know, the, the camp up here, you know, it needs to be tended to, um, you, you know, you can't just ignore these, these, um, facilities, and so somebody's got to come up here and, and, and make sure everything's in good working order and keep it that way and, and um, you know, prep for the, uh, the upcoming season. So that's what I do in the springtime. And I just happen to roll, you know, roll out and, you know, get a, an otter tag. And, and so it's a little jaunt time right now. And I'm very happy to be up here doing this. And again, for those that are, you know, upset with me because they didn't call you or tell you about it. I said in a uh, on a Facebook post that you know on my personal page anyway that this was a highly compartmentalized operation, <laughs> and it was you know it was compartmentalized in my head, <laughs> and uh, I shared it with my uh, you know a couple of family members who had to know where I was going and what I was doing. But um, for the most part, I was up here by myself, solo, and and, and I contacted a couple of of uh, people that I needed to see up here. Of course, you know Mike Reed. Uh, I think is the uh, only and Bob Bolts, the only two guys that uh, that I've met since I've been up here. You know, um, the rest of it's been out in the woods, and that's the way I that's the way I like it. So anyway, um, yeah. So that's that's it. I've got two more days to do this, and I'm super excited about it. And I'll I'll just I'll I'll just you know I'll talk a little bit about the methods and then I'm going to end the podcast because I think that's all there is to be said about trapping otters. But, um, again, my rookie season, I'm learning a lot, having a ton of fun. And really there's two ways to get, get these guys. Okay. Um, and you've got body gripping traps. Okay. And, uh, there's different kinds of body gripping traps, but, uh, I, I use the, the brand is Conabare. I use three thirties. I've got two twenties. They're a little smaller. I haven't used those yet, but the 330s are, are, are out there and, and deployed. I use them for beaver as well. Uh, it's a very um, uh, dangerous trap, if you will, but it's a body gripper. And you usually get some, you know, um, right behind the, the head and, and in the body, and it grips their body, and they expire rapidly, okay? I mean, it's instantaneous or close to instantaneous death, so there's no suffering. Boom, they're done, Okay. So that's a, um, a very effective way. If you can get them in a, in a body gripper, it's, you know, good night, sweet sister. And, and so that's a, um, a very viable, um, often used and, and good method. The other is uh, in a foothold trap. And, and with a drowning set, okay? So, um, you know, the, the otters aren't, aren't uh, you know, suffering. Um, you know, they, they put their foot in the trap, snap, and some cold steel hits them and they don't like it. And uh, if you set it up right, you know, it's got an anchor point, two anchor points, one at the shoreline um, or, you know, close to the shoreline typically uh, where the trap is anchored and there's a cable line. It's, air, it's usually aircraft cable. That's what I've got, six or eight foot cable, I think. I've got, I even have a 10. But but anyway, some, some aircraft, you know, rated cable. Uh, very, very... Um, solid and that runs down that it gets anchored at the in vicinity of the trap on the shoreline or just you know at the shoreline is anchored there with a stake system and then out into the river you know at least in three feet of water is an anchor point okay and and what I've been using is a um, I got some burlap bags from the local hardware store and I fill them full of river rock and then I, um, I, I lace them up with, with trapping wire. And uh, that's the other anchor point. I put it out in the deepest water I can get to about 10 feet away. And so it's, you know, under three feet of, of water, greater than three feet of water. And, um, and so there's a slide system. So the otter puts his foot in this trap snap. And, and he wants to, he has to go to the way, he has to go to the water. It's his escape route, right? So there's this big, big old 
you know, in this case, Bridger number five, trap on his foot, and um, he's and which is connected to this anchor line cable, which is anchored at the shoreline and then and the terminal end in the river in this you know big uh, burlap bag full of rocks. You could use a cinder block, but I, I you know, or something like that. But you know, I, I use what's available and out there, and that's river rock. So I fill up this burlap bag and throw it out there, place it properly in the river. And that, that cable from the from the shoreline is is taut, and then there's a slide system, okay? It's a unique little thing. It'll only allow um, the slide to go one way, you know, down towards the towards the anchor point in the river. If he tries to go back to shore, it, it won't allow him to do that. The slide won't will only go one way. It's a one-way deal. So he goes down there and 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 obviously drowns, okay? So it doesn't take very long and it's over. And uh, there's your otter, hopefully. So those are the two sets, two, two, two of the most you know effective and 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 used methods for um, for trapping otter, body grippers, and then uh, drowning sets with uh, footholds. So that's that's what I got going on out there. But anyway, so um, I hope you enjoyed that. I know a lot of people were asking me, you know, to do something like this um, and and talk a little bit about you know otter trapping. And uh, that's what's been happening up here. And I appreciate your time and I appreciate you listening. And remember, uh, you know, to uh, um, help a hero. All right. In this case, our combat wounded heroes. Um, the foundation serves our Purple Heart recipients. And we introduce them to the great outdoors and put them on these wonderful missions like this. Uh, surround them with other wounded veterans and communities and people who care. And of course, the great outdoors and, and the combination of all of those components yields a lot of healing. Okay. And uh, that's why we're here. Today's segment is the final uh, segment three in otter trapping. Um, I, uh, I was up in the north woods of Wisconsin. And uh, just to refresh your memory, if you're not, uh, haven't, haven't followed the other two episodes, just to brief, briefly recap. I um, I drew an otter tag this year for the first time in, in, in 17 years, was able to actually uh, uh, go out and, and, and pursue trapping an otter and uh, did, did that on our property in the north woods of Wisconsin. So I was very, very excited about that. And I had a kind of a short window, but I, I, I dedicated two weeks of my life to go up there and do it in, in March. And, um, it was just one of the, for me personally, one of the greatest ex outdoor experiences I've, I've ever had, you know, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much a self taught trapper. Uh, I, I did go through the Wisconsin uh, trappers association course, which is, is a requirement. I did that, you know, probably 20 years ago. And, um, so, but, you know, have, have been up there trapping, um, in the north woods of Wisconsin uh, ever since, and um, but never had a chance to uh, uh, to pursue otter. I had seen some sign, not much. Um, you know, you really the best time to be trapping them is 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 typically in the springtime. Um, you know, when there's still some snow, things are breaking up. You can kind of see, um, you know, where they're going and what they're doing. When the water starts flowing up there, um, things get a little exciting if you're, if you're interested in pursuing otter. And so that's what happened when I got up there. It was, there was still, my gosh, you know, in some cases, you know, three, four feet of snow and some drifts. So, um, it was, it was difficult. The only way I was getting back there was with the Argo. We had to, Mike Reed and I had to put the, uh, the tracks, uh, on the Argo in order for it to go over the top of the snow and get back to where I needed to go and, uh, to, to do this. But, you know, it was all just, it was really neat because, you know, once you get close, you know, to their habitat and you're in their space, if you will, and you can see their tracks and, uh, you know, for me, um, it's hard to describe that feeling. I know lots of sportsmen probably get it when you see a, like say a, a big, you know, track of a big buck or, you know, a wolf track or something like this. I don't know. I can't explain really what it, what it does to me inside, but you know, I, I am very, I'm like laser beam focused, you know, immediately. And I just feel so in, in so much awe 
you know, of, of being so close or having been in the presence of one of these, you know, amazing critters and go on. That's the evidence right there. You know, there's, it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, you know, irrefutable. That's, that's, that's evidence of an otter. And, uh, and so for 17 years, I've wanted to do this and, and, and just take one otter, you know, I think, you know, I mean, uh, Folks ought to just, uh, who, who, who think that, that that's, you know, shouldn't be doing that kind of thing. Well, you know, it's one otter, you know, the population is, is, is very healthy. Taking, you know, one otter in 17 years, I think I deserve it. <laughs> I'm just going to go out and say that. But, uh, you know, anyway, I, I, I took lots of photos. I wish I could show them, you know, to you here on the podcast. But I have one video here that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to play. You can hear the audio because in the background is an unnamed tributary. There's actually no name. The Department of Natural Resources of the state of Wisconsin is, uh, officially ha has it as an unnamed tributary that runs through the property and eventually connects with the Jump River uh, some miles away. But it's a wonderful little uh, series of interconnected curry comb creeks, I guess, some of which are probably spring-fed. And uh, the beavers, God bless them, have created a lot of habitat back in there. Now, Camp Hackett is a big chunk of property. Um, it's 410 acres of wild and remote habitat that we, um, and me in particular, and a lot of other folks too as well, have done a lot of work on the, you know, to improve the habitat. But, you know, those beavers create their own habitat and they, they, they typically don't file for a permit. You know, they just decide to do whatever they do. And they've taken some of my trails up there and, and, and used the trails, the, the four-wheeler trails that, you know, I've carved into the woods they're using that as an embankment for their, you know, pond that they're creating. And that's what they do. They create habitat. Well, you know, it's a double-edged sword, of course. Uh, but um, what's nice about it, if you're, uh, you know, into fur-bearing critters, you know, ponds, you know, and waterfall and this kind of thing, you know, ponds, water, water is the key to life, right? So, um, beavers create uh, ponds and in those ponds, you know, f you know, aquatic life happens, you know, frogs and fish and all these things like this. And that's that's good. Right. For for the other, uh, you know, critters that are out there, because um, I'm sure otters eat frogs and I know they eat fish. And um, so there's habitat there. And, and, and there's a remote part of the property that has, um, you know, it's difficult to get to. Uh, especially when there's three three feet of snow. One of my photographs is my old army rucksack. It's a, they call it an Alice pack, a large Alice pack. I, I carried it. Heck, I carried it in combat, and I, I carried it, you know, for my, you know, uh, I think all of my career, basically, you know, because it's sort of like an old baseball glove. You know, it fits me really well. It still fits me. But uh, it's an old Alice pack with a frame, and, and I have that picture of, of that, uh, I loaded it up with all my kit and um, and I took a picture of it with my snowshoes and it just uh, it felt good, you know. And so I needed to get back back in there and and uh, and and to be able to uh, be amongst them, if you will, uh, you know, felt felt pretty good. But I, I, I'm going to play this for you, and you'll get a chance to hopefully hear the brook and and what I have to say, and I'll go on and talk about the the results. Uh, of the uh, of my 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 uh, trapping uh, for otter and 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 I'll give you you know give you the the punchline up front here uh, a little bit of it but it was the very last day um, and I and was pulling the traps I'd committed to pulling the traps because I had to go I was at the end of my two week period I you know I had to get on with my life and um, it was the very last day when it happened. And um, I'm going to play. I'm going to play this. This. Uh, this little. Hopefully, you can hear this here. Right, here we go. Well, uh, here's a really interesting little spot. It's got a slide right over there. Coming down into the water. That's definitely an otter. I see his tracks. And then uh, this water flowing up through here. And the uh, beaver ponds above me. So the water's just pouring out of that thing down these two tributaries which are part of the jump river unnamed tributary system if you will but uh, it's a really good problem to try to solve and figure out how you're going to catch one of these guys not enough water to drown them so you kind of got to use the uh, body gripping and we'll see what happens okay so hopefully you heard that 
Um, so I, I, I get back in there and I have my snowshoes on and I'm busting trail and, you know, I've got these stakes I've cut <laughs> to, uh, to, uh, uh, conibear traps, 330 conibear traps. They're the big ones in my rucksack. And um, so I, I get to this beaver pond. I knew it was back there. I'd seen it several times. I've been back there several times, but it's kind of a, you know, it's a ways back in there and, and you can only get there by foot. And now I got all this, you know, rucksack and all these traps. And <laughs> oh, it was like a real army mission. I loved it. And so I get, get back in there and uh, the water's flowing, as you could hear. And there's tracks and sign. And I was like, man, I thought it was Christmas. I was like, I'm going to get one. I'm going to get one. This is going to be the place. Because I had been all over that property for two weeks. And I had seen some sign, you know, some otter sign. But, you know, they're elusive. And they're there and then they're gone. You know, they range a lot. And so, but this was fresh sign. So fresh it would slap you. So I'm like, okay. And it was big tracks too. So I was like, all right. And then there was a part of the pond that was open and it was you know maybe the size of the opening in the pond the pond's probably two or three acres you know of 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 wetland that the beavers created you know and 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 so there's it's an old cedar swamp back there so it's kind of it was like something out of the movies you know and so there's this hole the size of a large kitchen table on the ice near the shoreline and uh, things are starting to break up, but you can see that the otter's been coming and going out of this spot. And there's a slide down to it. It's like everything that you've read about, like otter habitat, what do they do? It's all right there. All of a sudden, you know, this is not the last day. It was the, it was, it was the day before when I, when I had discovered this. And so I went back and I, and I collected my thoughts and what I was going to do. And when I got down there, I, I played that little bit for you. I, I grabbed, had my phone with me and I, I captured it and that, a little video. And then I went back and it's like, okay, how am I going to solve this problem? You know, and that's what trapping is all about. I guess life's all about that, right? Solving problems, you know, and unique, complex problems. And I'd never done this before, you know, so I'm kind of, you know, self-taught and learning as I go and, and, and so much respect. I want, you know, I want to emphasize that. Like so much respect for what I'm about to do, um, to respect for the outdoors, respect for the animals, respect for the habitat, all of that. So this is, you know, it's it's. I don't want to say it's a cathartic in experience for me, but it's about as close to God as I can get. You know, I mean, I'm just saying that's how I feel. You know, when I'm out there, especially alone, and people want you know, you go out there all by yourself. Yes, I go out there all by myself. And that's the way I will do it. And that's the only way I'll do it. You know, I don't want to be with anybody else. This is me and and, and them and the, and the elements. And, you know, it's just, uh, it's personal, right? So anyway, um, so I'm looking at this thing and, and there's these, this river, right? Well, it's not really a river. It's like a glorified creek, but it's spilling out of the, out of the pond that the beavers are created because the ice is melting. The snow is melting. There's a lot of volume coming over the top um, of the beaver pond now down into this tributary. And then there's an otter slide down there and sign. And so anyway, I ended up having to, um, to, 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 put the, the, I put two 330 counter bears down there. And I also, um, took a, um, I had three traps there through all, all three were, were body grippers. I couldn't, I couldn't do a drowning set. So, you know, there's, I won't get too deeply into the, the two different types of sets, but there's drowning sets and there's body grippers, the body gripping traps, the, the two twenties, three thirty counter bears. There's lots of different kinds um, but I had, I have three thirty counter bears and, and they, they kill the animal instantly. Um, and, and so they're very deadly, very effective. And, and, and so I had two, th- I had three, three thirties that I'd humped back in there. And one of them was, uh, I, I, t- I fixed it to a long pole and I stuck it down in the water and I baited that particular trap, um, with, uh, some, some shrimp from, <laughs> from the local market. And, um, and, and so when I got up there, I set the traps on the second to last day, I think it was Saturday and Sunday, I waited as long as I could to, I want to say almost dark, 
you know, because I don't want to go back there in dark. You know, bad things happen back there and, and you can't see at night and all this. So I had to get all the traps collected. And so I waited until Sunday. And I, I was like, it was like noon, one o'clock, you know, and gets dark up there late. So I think it was going to get dark by five. So I think I had four hours to go back there and collect all my traps. So I got all my traps except for this last spot. I said, all the other traps were empty and nothing was in it. And, and, you know, and the ice flows had been disrupting the traps in the, in the waterways. I mean, it was, it was challenging to so get back there. And immediately I see, um, and the bee on the pond that the beavers created, um, in that hole that was about the size of a large kitchen table where they'd been coming and going. I had a, I had a long pole that I put down into that, uh, and fixed it to the, to the shoreline. Um, with a, with a neat little uh, apparatus that I'd come up with all things that I made, you know, that I found in the forest and, and anchored it to the shoreline. And I had that, that three thirty uh, connected to that. And I had it actually below the surface of the ice and secured from the shoreline and, uh, felt like Jeremiah Johnson it was great. And I thought as soon as I got up, I got, I got there, I looked at it, I was like, oh, it looks like it's been disturbed. And I thought, sure enough, when I pulled that trap up, there was going to be an otter in it. And there wasn't. And I was like, oh. I was just dejected. This is the last day I'm pulling the traps. Been up there for two weeks, you know. And um, But on the other side, okay, where, where, where I showed you, or you listened to that video where the, the running water was for the unnamed tributary, I had put two other 330 bears down there on each one of the branches uh, of that little creek, okay, the tributary had branched. And I had kind of canalized uh, the movement uh, with some stones, uh, larger stones and these stakes that I had cut um, from, a, from a fallen pine tree. And I fixed the 330s, submerged them in the water and thought, well, you know, one of these guys might just decide to get, you know, on this you know, on this uh, tributary, just get in the water like otters do and swim down it and bam, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll hopefully, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll get one. And so there wasn't one up above in the, bo- in, the, in, the, in the beaver pond. So I pulled that trap and I, and, I, and I went down below and I looked and I looked at the first one and it was unmolested. There was nothing in it. And so I got one trap left, right? And I pulled all the traps that were all over the property. And, you know, I probably had, you know, uh, I don't know, I'd have to say eight to 10, maybe at that time, different sets out, uh, various different kinds and uh, all targeting, you know, the otter. And, um, and this, the very last trap I looked and my heart just like, poof, right in my, right in my throat. I was like, that's, I got one. You know, I mean, I just, it was like, I, I mean, a feeling I've never had. And I get down there and I just felt like it was Christmas. I felt like I'd won the lottery and, and there he was in, you know, uh, dead or in a doornail in, in the conibear trap. And it was a monster, a giant. I showed it to a lot of guys up there in the Northwoods and they all said the same thing. That's a giant otter. And it, and it, and it was, I mean, it was, um, it, it was, it was 42, it was 42 inches long and, um, just, um, just a, a beast, a monster, you know, and, and I was so happy and so it was so pretty and so amazing. So that's what happened. It was, it got him, I got him at the last day at the last hour. It's like my life, everything, I mean, just I like last minute Johnny, you know, I mean, everything sort of comes together for me at the last safe moment. And I'm sure it, it looks like, you know, I'd had it all planned, but I really didn't. It was just a bunch of hard work and, and, um, it ended in a in an amazing result, and so I, uh, I, uh, I, I, I took the the otter. That everybody says, you know, I, and I've skinned I've skinned every just about everything there is, you know, that uh, up there, and, and and but I, they say don't try to do an otter if you've never done one before. So leave that to a professional. So what I did is I that that next day I you know packed up and and put the otter and it was frozen still by the way I mean it's freezing up there even in middle of March it was it was you know well below freezing so um closed up camp and and drove down to uh just outside of my hometown in Oshkosh 
Wisconsin and I dropped it off at a, at a tannery and, um, and they, 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 uh, they, they tanned it and sent it to me. Now I, I have it, you know, here it is, this is June, 2022. And, um, you know, for my collection and the foundation's uh, collection of furs that will uh, hang proudly at Camp Hackett so that the heroes can, you know, see. And I can, you know, teach them and, and they can learn from this experience and maybe someday, you know, um, uh, you know, join me out there and, and, and learn, you know, the art uh, and science of, 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 of trapping fur bears. And uh, so that's it. Yeah, I mean, it, it ended. Uh, it, it ended very uh, positively in the last safe moment, and I was, uh, you know, very, very proud to do that. And I, I want to thank everybody, you know, who helped me, you know, do that because behind the scenes, there's always, you know, amazing people behind every success story. There's typically a whole host of people, um, you know, who help enable the activity. And in this case, I want to thank Mike Reed. Uh, who, who, uh, you know, came up, uh, you know, who lives up there and, and opened up camp for me. So, you know, moved, you know, probably, you know, five or six metric tons of snow so that I could get in there with my fifth wheeler, uh, I'm sorry, with the, with the, you know, with the Airstream, with the trailer and actually open up camp and do this. So, you know, and, and without Mike and his support, you know, I would have spent most of the time you know, trying, just trying to get back in there, just trying to get the, the, the trailer back in there, you know? So I want to thank you, Mike, for that. Um, you know, John Carlson helped me with some, some bait, um, and, um, you know, uh, all my support team for the foundation on the backside that helped me do it. You know, David Kelber with the podcast helped me set this whole thing up so I could uh, communicate to you, uh, what, what had happened. And then, you know, it's the rest of my team that, you know, really would allow me to go spend a couple of weeks up there in the Northwoods without having to worry so much about work and, and, you know, my family and everything. So I want to, I want to thank everybody who, you know, who helped me, um, gave me the, the opportunity and the freedom to, to, to go do this. So anyway, great. I hope you enjoyed that story. Um, and it really was uh, amazing. And so there, and there's the, uh, there's the, uh, the otter story, the otter trapping story in Northern Wisconsin. And that's all I have to say about that. Um, hope everybody has a great day. Uh, hope you enjoyed the podcast. Thank you. To learn more about the mission of the wounded warriors in action foundation and how you can get involved, please visit our website at www.iaf.org or follow our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thank you for listening to the WWIA podcast and for helping us honor, connect, and heal our combat-wounded Purple Heart heroes through the power of the great outdoors. If you like what you're listening to here and would like to join our team in our mission to bring healing power and recovery to America's Purple Heart heroes, please become part of our Sponsor a Hero team by clicking on the link in the podcast notes or by going to wwiaf.org forward slash sponsor. That's wwiaf.org forward slash sponsor. Our heroes need you now more than ever. Thank you.